Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Delighted that you have joined me. Much going on. Let's dive in. I want to talk to you about two women who have moved to the forefront of world news and I think may be signaling major changes. And the first one is relatively tragic. On the 16th of September of this year, Masa Amini died in Iran. Now, I hope you know that name, but if you don't, um, this was a young lady in her early 20s. She was arrested by the Iranian religious police because she did not have her head fully covered, as is required um, in the sort of Shia legalism of uh, the Iranian nation. Not everyone's Shia, but that tends to be the lean. Uh, as a result, she was taken into custody. And then she was killed on that date, 16th September, 2022. She was killed, so we are told, by blows to the head. So what likely happened was she was discovered not to have her head covered at all or not fully covered. I've actually been on the streets in some of these countries where the religious police pull up. And if a woman has a a wisp of hair outside of her scarf, they will stop. They will correct her. Uh, it can be it can be quite violent. And uh, this woman was taken into custody. She was um you know, it should have been a fairly minor offense uh, in, in any other country. It would not have been noticed at all, or it, it could have been what we would call in the West a misdemeanor, but it wasn't. She was taken into custody and probably she was beaten severely. Maybe she mouthed off. We don't know. Um, and she was killed. Well, it's what uh, the, her death alone is a great tragedy. Uh, a young Iranian girl, basically guilty only, if you could even use the word guilty, of her hair coming out from under her scarf, and she is put to death for it, however inadvertently that may have been. Well, it has sparked massive protests in Iran. Iran has a very oppressive religious system. It's run by a bunch of very old men. And one of the things you need to know about Iran, and by the way, this brings me to a topic that I care very much about, try to try to keep before your eyes and your ears in this podcast, is the whole issue of demographics. Because Iran had some very expensive wars and lost a generation, uh, an older generation, and because of birth rates and what have you, you have a very young population in Iran. When I began paying attention to Middle East affairs and consulting on them a little bit, uh, at that time, this was maybe a decade, decade and a half ago, maybe a little bit more, uh, the average age in Iran was 24 and uh, there had been a birth rate explosion and what have you. And so we knew that changes would come to that country. In fact, I just ran the numbers this morning. Iran has about 70 million people, and more than 50 million are below 35. 
So you have a you have a, a nation that skews very young. Uh, you have a, a young, hot population. By the way, Christianity is exploding in Iran. Uh, what they what they do is they have basically small groups <laughs> that drive around uh, in cars and vans, uh, so they can't really be discovered. And they're playing satellite radio and podcasts off of cell phones and basically worshiping and uh, hearing the scriptures taught in their cars as they drive around because that can't be tracked. And right now, as I speak, the the, the nation in the world which has experienced the most explosive growth of of Christianity is Iran. And it's largely because of the young. It's because of technology. It's because some Western organizations are doing amazing jobs with uh, technology and satellite feeds and what have you. I know some of these. I won't mention them on the air. And so Christianity is exploding. Well, this is is in part a demographic thing. Believe it or not, um, it may sound counterintuitive, but the young, when Christianity is presented in its in its full throated, vibrant, uh, reforming, uh, almost radical way, the what it really is, the young really gravitate to it, and that's what's going on in Iran. So what's happened now of late is you have had massive protests, largely led by women. In fact, they've been so um, edgy and so outspoken and so loud that I've actually been concerned uh, deeply about these women that I care for because what's happening. Um, you see, you see the films. You can watch them on YouTube. Um, a girls' school in a girls' school suddenly the girls, because they're lit up about Masa Amini and, and and about what's going on in their country, they take off their scarves, uh, they take off the hijab, uh, they they they're spinning them in the air as protests. Their heads are uncovered, and in and in one particular case, they actually. Uh, threatened and threw things at the male headmaster of this girl's school and forced him off campus, literally drove him off campus because they're furious. There are great big protests in the streets. Um, more women have been killed and, and uh, the, some of the violence of these protests, but it's pretty obvious. Now, I, I'm not as quick to believe that massive change is going to happen because of these things. We've had this before, by the way. We've had people, uh, young girls, act killed in riots before in Iran and uh, it didn't bring the the reform and the change we'd hoped for. This does has have a possibility of bringing some change because women are really lit and uh, young girls especially. And given what I've told you about demographics, this means it could really catch fire. However, military, police, religious police, government, all in the hands of aged men, deeply Islamic, extreme Islamic, and they certainly will, of course, try to stamp out these protests. Nevertheless, let the name of Masa Amini, who, by the way, is Kurdish, uh, in the Kurdistan region of Iran. You know that I care very much about the Kurds. Uh, let the name of Masa Amini live, and may it help bring reform. May it be a chant of reform in Iran, which def- definitely needs massive reform. And by that, by the way, that's not code language for me about moving Western. Uh, I don't think other nations have to move Western to be civilized and to be great, um, but they do need to be fair, and they do need to be just, and they do need to provide a level of liberty, and they cannot kill their young because their hair falls out of a scarf, as happened to Masa Amini on the 16th 
of September. Now, the other woman I want to mention in this podcast is Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard is a very interesting woman. She's a Samoan American. Uh, She is from Hawaii. She has been a U.S. congressman. Uh, She is a colonel in the Army Reserves, having served um, fully in the military before, not just in the reserves and the regular regular army. Um, She is smart. She is gifted. She is well-spoken. She is pretty, uh, and she has just. And the re- I'm saying all that because she really garners attention when she speaks. And just recently, she left the Democratic Party. She said she could no longer stay in the Democratic Party. And I want to tell you, she took heads off when she did it. She said without question uh, that the Democratic Party was under the complete control of an elitist cabal, that it was anti-white, that it was a cult of wokeness, um, that it was uh, undermining the liberties of Americans. I mean, she really went after the Democratic Party. Now, I will tell you that I can find people and I speak to people who feel the same way about the Republican Party. So what I'm saying here uh, is not intended to say, yay, somebody left the Republic, uh, the uh, Democratic Party and maybe they will become Republicans and all will be well. Um, I think she uh, spoke uh, straightforwardly about some of the trends that I've heard and, and witnessed many times in the Democratic Party. Um, by the way, uh, Tulsi Gabbard was the first uh, Hindu uh, representative in Congress. Uh, she's a Vedic Hindu, and uh, so she's very uh, unique in every way, Samoan, Hindu, etc., etc. Um, very A very unusual woman, but I think her exit could really ignite more exits. And I want to tell you, frankly, it seems to me like there's a surge in not just in D.C., but in the country, a desire for a third political party. I'm telling you, I think that's coming. And I've often said, and I'm not joking, that if I was asked to start the third party for America, I would call it American Common Sense Party. I would build it uh, as a relatively moderate uh, party uh, comprised of people slightly right, center right and center left, just slightly center left. Um, I would build on those principles of Frank Capra movies <laughs> and Mr. Smith goes to Washington, the things we all agree on. Um, and I would remove from the extremes that both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party have gone to extremes. The Republican Party, um, according to all the polls and all the conversations I'm having, has become a Trump cult because they know he can win. Statistically, he can win. And that's what most people uh, are, are aware the Republican Party has become about is win at all costs. And uh, I think that Tulsi Gabbard's right. I think that her the, her analysis of the Democratic Party uh, currently is is absolutely true, particularly under Joe Biden. I think it's become extreme. Uh, I think it's very leftist. I think it uh, is anti-white to some degree. And by the way, you know I'm the opposite of playing any kind of racist politics. But but this is her analysis, um, and she's not she's she's only a part white, so to speak, if we can even speak of white as an ethnicity. Um, she's mainly Samoan, and so. My point is that I think there's a moment happening here when some exposure is taking place. I think the January 6th commission uh, exposed some things about the Republican Party, about the way Trump com, uh, com, um, behaved in office, uh, about others who were in collusion. I think it became obvious that people knew that some of the charges about the election were not true, but still wanted to use it to try to undo electoral results, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I have a 
dis- dislike, not of all Democrats, but certainly some of the things Democrats uh, champion. And though I'm more with uh, what Republicans are supposed to be about, I'm disappointed in how many of them are conducting themselves. Extreme, even on issues I agree with. I mean, I'm pro-life, and I sometimes hear Republicans talking about abortion, and I, uh, Republican officials, that is, and I don't recognize my views and what they're saying. It's got a goose-stepping Nazi ver- um, air to it, and I'm concerned. So this exit by Tulsi Gabbard, Uh, who may in fact be intending to start a third party. I don't know, but I think she's saying it well. I think she's identifying uh, issues well. I think she's, uh, it's a real, it could be a real defining moment. And this is not because I wanted to jump into the middle of the Republican Party, but because this is a woman who's been a Democrat, ran for president as a Democrat, but has seen some of the cancers in that party in the same way that others are seeing cancers in the Republican Party. It may be that these two parties no longer serve us. It may be that it's time for other uh, parties to arise that have some hope of success. But definitely the number of independents is arising in America. Uh, People are not that enthused about either party. And I'll tell you for sure, the young definitely are looking for something new. And it could just be that this unusual woman Uh, with this unusual background, but very effective in media, could ignite something for a new kind of movement. I'm not advocating for that. In her case, I'm simply saying this is the trend in our society. Let's keep watching it. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular global speaker, and Senior Fellow for Public Leadership at Palm Beach Atlantic University. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.